Hello and welcome to my podcast, Tits, Tums and All Things Mum. I am your host Lottie and I am here to normalise the normal mum. Think of this as a coffee morning with that one mum friend that is happy to talk about anything and everything from postpartum sex to toddler tantrums. I am here to empower the modern mum to own the imperfections that come with family life. This is a no-judgment space where my guests and I will be real, candid and unfiltered. So hold on to your knickers, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Tits, Tums and All Things Mum. I am so happy to welcome Faye from Rockabye Reflux onto today's episode. As you may know from my social media, my youngest, Bailey, suffered with severe reflux from birth and still has the occasional bouts of reflux episodes. I shared all of our issues quite openly on my social media and actually found that so many other mums were going through the exact same problems or had been through the same thing. So I'm really hoping that this episode will help some of these people that are struggling. And actually, I've just had a consultation with Faye and my mind is blown on how much there is out there to help you with reflux. Hey Faye, welcome on to today's podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. This really is a topic that is close to my heart because it was such a tough time for us. And I know you've been through reflux as well, so you know how tough it is. Could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and what you do? Yes, so hi, thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Um, I'm Faye, I'm a registered nurse and I'm also a certified infant reflux specialist and then I'm a mum to my one-year-old daughter, Mally. Um, So basically, when I'm working as an infant reflux specialist, I work one-to-one with parents to address the underlying cause of their baby's reflux. So contrary to popular belief, there is an underlying cause. It's not always just something that they'll grow out of it. So I look at the whole picture and then I give them an action plan to resolve it. Um, I got into it basically off the back of Mally being so so unsettled for such a long time. She had cow's milk protein allergy, silent reflux, reflux, um, and that was off the back of a very traumatic birth in the middle of the first wave of the peak of the of the pandemic um she used to just cry all the time vomited swallowed all the time screamed all day every day and I kind of went along with what the GP was telling me that she grew out of it it was normal that she was just colicky um I gave her medications uh waited it out and nothing really changed um at six months I took her to a paediatrician who prescribed some more medication but it was basically a waste of my time and money I wanted to understand why so I bought the baby reflux ladies survival guide and our lives changed um I wanted to sort out Mally and then stop other parents going through what we did um reflux can literally steal months and even years of your time with your precious little ones and I did a certification learned how to holistically assess babies and work out exactly what's going on for them what to do about it and how to do it in the right order as well um yeah lovely that is so true about it stealing months though I just remember in those early months of Bailey's life just thinking that like because he's he's my last baby I'm not having any more babies and I felt like those kind of newborn weeks were stolen from me by reflux and yeah like you say the GPs just kept saying he'll grow out of it and the pediatrician kept saying he'll grow out of it and actually I had kind of learned to accept that and 
up until now, I had accepted that reflux is just always going to be a part of our lives and that there was nothing more that we could do until I've spoken to you this evening. And now I'm like, whoa, my mind is blown. There's so much that I can do right now. I can actually fix him. There's so much. Yeah, exactly. So do you mind telling us like what exactly reflux is and why babies get it? Yeah, so reflux is gastroesophageal reflux. So gastro means the stomach, uh, esophagus means into the esophagus, and then reflux is just the regurgitation of stomach contents. So essentially, it's the regurgitation of stomach contents into the esophagus. Um, Distressed babies are then often labelled with gastroesophageal reflux disease. Um, But again, despite popular belief, reflux is not a disease. It's a symptom of something else going on. So it's a symptom of an underlying cause or causes um and then like why they get it again contrary to popular belief it's not actually due to a weaker lower esophageal sphincter um all babies have that weaker esophageal sphincter so then you look at why do some babies get it and why do others not get it and that's because there's an underlying cause for the ones that are suffering with reflux so there's over 30 causes and contributing factors ranging from like latch air intake allergies intolerances immature digestive system oral restrictions and like tons more um the cause for each baby is different sometimes it can be one thing and sometimes it can be a whole host of different things that all add up and are causing those reflux symptoms yeah Yeah, that's what because when I went to the GP that's exactly what they told me they just said babies have this weak uh, sphincter muscle and as they grow up it will get stronger and that's that basically so he'll grow up Yeah, which can happen like it you know they can get older and symptoms can get a little bit better and their digestive systems mature so they can get better at dealing with if there's any kind of ingredients or formulas that they're struggling with or if there's air intake they get better at processing the the wind but it's never gonna go um if those things are still happening yeah yeah I just remember the endless nights of screaming and kind Mm -hmm. of seeing Bailey just in pain all the time but what kind of symptoms should mums look out for so yeah obviously like excessive crying like that is a big one um yes babies cry and I think a lot of parents are just initially fobbed off like oh babies cry and you're just a um worried mum or first time mum a lot first time mums seem to struggle more with it um but crying is like their form of communication so they're telling us that something is wrong so when they cry excessively they're they're telling us I'm in pain and we need to listen and not be fobbed off by people that fob us off um so symptoms to look out for so when I do an assessment I look at like over 80 symptoms and behaviors so there's the obvious ones to look out for like vomiting positing there's constant swallowing back down of stomach contents so you know and you can literally hear them gulping Mm, yeah um squirming and grunting hiccups having that acidic kind of smelly breath um difficulty laying flat um and then there's all sorts of weird and wonderful additional behaviors that can fit into it so certain things that they do while they're feeding can mean certain things but yeah the vomiting positing swallowing there you're kind of more obvious ones along with the excessive crying yeah the one that you said about hearing like the gulping and the actual yeah. like noise of the reflux yeah that's when I know that Bailey's having like a bout of reflux because you can yeah. hear it so like if he's crying one day and I've not heard it I'm like hmm maybe it's not that 
But then when yeah. I do hear that noise, I'm like, oh, here we go. We're having a reflux moment again because that is like the first thing that I notice with him. And it's funny because that's known as silent reflux, but it's not very silent. It's not silent at all. <laughs> it's, it's like not this silent. horrible, like gurgling, gulping sound. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. But you briefly mentioned your daughter having reflux there. Could you possibly talk us through her journey? So from her symptoms to her diagnosis and what treatments you received? Yeah, so I mean, our journey is very long. It's it's still ongoing. She's definitely kind of reflux, <laughs> definitely reflux free. But she's now thirteen months old, and we're still dealing with repercussions of kind of poor management in the early days. But yeah, so from the off, I kind of knew something wasn't right. So the moment she was born, um, I was just like, something isn't right here. I've been around a lot of babies. I used to be a nursery nurse. I've got three nieces. Um, she was just either always feeding or always screaming. There was no in between. She didn't ever settle. Um, we had a five day stay in hospital. I had sepsis. Um, she had an infection. We were both on IV antibiotics. Uh, I was just told constantly that she was cluster feeding. Um, but I knew something wasn't right. She was becoming more jaundiced. She was struggling to stay awake to feed. I'd put her down five minutes later. She'd be awake screaming again. And this was literally from day one. She just never settled. Um, we were discharged home. I basically woke up after falling asleep for a long stretch. She'd been trying to feed, trying to feed. And I woke up, looked in the Moses basket and she was floppy and gray and unresponsive. Um, and this was the night after we got home from hospital. So she was about six days old and it still makes me feel sick to this day. Like thinking about that moment, we went back into the hospital via ambulance. Uh, it was still in the peak of the pandemic. Alex couldn't come with me, my partner. So I went alone <laughs> six days post-op. Um, they couldn't really tell me what was wrong either. And I was also made to feel like a panicky first time mum. Mm. So the number of times I got asked was is she your first while I was there and I was like yes mm. that's completely irrelevant mm -hmm. to what's just happened but they couldn't really say what was wrong they said oh it might be some reflux or she might have just not woken up to feed um and then they just said carry on breastfeeding and you'll be fine so I went home had a bit of support from the midwife started this like insane pumping schedule with formula top-ups and it was just horrific but as this kind of schedule went on she got more and more unsettled I couldn't pump anymore she was just awful she was had this noisy breathing sound she was constantly gulping and swallowing she was vomiting she would scream all day for hours and hours and hours at a time I ended up switching to formula because she just would not breastfeed despite being told that her latch was absolutely fine no one would listen to me no one would come and see her no one would come and look at her because of covid um at five weeks we went to a tongue-tie clinic uh which we'd been waiting weeks for and it came through then which obviously was not useful for breastfeeding um it was too late but the midwife there was also concerned with how unsettled she was we ended up readmitted after they cut her tongue tie and then from there I was just given Gaviscon and told that I was overfeeding her um went back home nothing changed saw an osteopath um saw some improvement initially but we just kept ending up back at square one mm. um I think our diagnosis official diagnosis was given at six weeks over the phone where we were prescribed a meprazole 
then I think she got to a couple of weeks later, I lost it, rang the health visitor, hysterical, spoke to the feeding team who prescribed Aptimal Pepti-1, which is a hydrolyzed formula for cow's milk allergy, saw a mild improvement, things got worse again. She's still covered in a rash, had blood and mucus in her poo. We were mm. given Neokate and things on Neokate and Omeprazole got a bit better, but she was still never quite right so at six months we tried and failed to wean uh paid a pediatrician who just prescribed more medication i went against advice and took her off medications mm. things improved a bit but again she still wasn't great so i found the baby reflux lady survival guide i read it i did her training i sorted my daughter out pretty much so i had her tongue redone at nine months old mm. changed her diet did a complete diet overhaul with the solids that she was having um, and she pretty much got there then. So we're still dealing with some repercussions with her tongue because she was restricted for such a long time. She still compensates. So we're doing some myofunctional therapy and we're just, they're currently trying to tell me that she's got asthma because she makes this bubbly noise all the time. But I just know that it's not asthma. Mm. Um, I think it's all oral tone and tongue function related. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. So sorry, it's a bit of a long story. <laughs> no, but... it just sounds so similar to my story as well. Like the fact that everyone kind of fobs you off and blames it on cluster feeding. Mm-hmm. Everyone kept asking me if Bailey was my first as well. And I was like, nope, <laughs> actually he's my second. And like all of, because obviously Bailey was born during the pandemic as well. So yeah. he his diagnosis was over the phone too. And yeah. no no person actually set eyes on him for like Mm. a really really long time through all this reflux so I was like how do you even know like Mm. what he's doing and you just keep fobbing me off saying that babies cry and all of these things and just shoving him him on medication without even looking Looking at at him him. I know um and it was just such a frustrating journey and obviously health visitors weren't coming out and I don't know about you, but just typically every time I would take Bailey into the breastfeeding clinic, he would do the most beautiful feed and would latch and they'd mm. be like, oh yeah, he's fine. But then the minute I got him home, it's like it he forgets how to latch and mm. just it was just impossible to get any help. So like you, I had to pay to go privately for his tongue tie. Mm-hmm. I know you got that cut on the NHS, but I had to pay for that. I had to pay for all these other things just because there was no help out there and I wish I'd found you earlier because (laughs) I might have been able to fix him earlier but for me just some of the my darkest moments in these early days were dealing with Bailey's reflux I mean I just Mm. remember being like doing my night feeds and well I say night feeds he fed pretty much 24 7 so Mm. it kind of all just rolled into just like one big feed and again people would say it's just cluster feeding but I knew what cluster feeding was I'd done it with my daughter this Mm -hmm. was not cluster feeding like you say he would just feed and scream there was no there was nothing in between he'd occasionally feed and fall asleep and have a little cat nap but then Mm. would wake up screaming and would feed again and there was never this happy cooing baby giving you smiles and kind of those early milestones and I think that's what I found really really hard and I actually found myself in such a dark place and I remember because I'm quite open and I'm a bit of an oversharer on my Instagram 
And I remember sharing the whole reflux journey on my Instagram and I did a highlight on it. And I mm. watched my highlight back recently and it made me so emotional just watching myself fall apart. And even like thinking about it now, it's making me emotional again. Because yeah. you can just see me falling apart because reflux is just so difficult, especially when you're, you've just had this baby, your hormones are all over the place, you're sleep deprived. And yep. you've got this baby that screams all the time and is in pain all the time. And you don't know what to do about it. There's yep. nobody out there to help you. And you just feel so alone, despite the fact that there are other mums out there dealing with the same thing. So yeah. it is. it can be a really, really dark time. Do you remember any moments at all that you just kind of felt helpless and didn't know what else to do? Yeah, I mean, there were many, but there's probably, there's one that sticks in my mind the most. And I think it was, she, Molly must have been about eight weeks old and the midwife had actually advised that my mum should come and help. She must have, well, she saw how unsettled Molly was and that I was struggling. Mm. Um, she was just, she was just horrible. And I remember feeling like I didn't like her. There was a, <laughs> There was a particular afternoon, which also makes me emotional thinking about it now, where uh, I basically left the house, uh, left Mali with my mum. I felt just like the walls were going to close in on me. The streets were still pretty empty because we were still in lockdown. Mm. And I just trawled the streets of South Manchester, walked around a housing estate. I had my headphones in and I was just aimlessly strolling with just tears streaming down my face. Mm. And it was like I wasn't. I wasn't in my own head. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just wanted to go and hide. So I was looking at like these bushes thinking, oh, well, maybe I could just hide there so that I don't have to go home yeah. because I just didn't want to go home. I felt so low. I wanted to give her back. I thought I'd made the worst mistake of my life having a baby, mm. um, which is I feel really, really awful saying now. But I think it's important to say because it can do that to you. Yeah, I just didn't want this screaming, horrible thing that just, I thought that I was doing something wrong. I didn't want to go home. I really felt probably the lowest I have ever felt. Mm -hmm. And I thought that she'd be kind of better off without me as a mum. I thought it was me yeah. and it was my fault. I totally understand all of those feelings. And, and from speaking to people on Instagram as well, that is kind of how how everyone seems to feel because you just feel so lost and helpless and you just don't know what to do. So I really am grateful that there are people like yourself out there now that I can mm. recommend to these mums on my Instagram because I just want to help everyone. Having been there myself, yeah. like you setting up this business, I, I just want to help people get out of that because I never want anyone to experience that because it is, it is awful and I have been diagnosed with postpartum depression and I 100% think that had his feeding issues and the reflux not have occurred I probably wouldn't have been diagnosed with it so oh, it God, has a yeah. massive impact on you on your mental health um, mm. reflux and the help that is out there really needs to get better because I, I bet there's a lot of mums out there that are really really struggling to with their mental health because of it and actually yeah, I found huge. it really difficult to receive help um mm. I, I, you've, you've kind of said that as well but also because Bailey was putting on weight so they kind of thought oh well he's putting on weight so he's fine 
he doesn't need to have anything done. And mm. I also felt that referrals were taking ages to come through. Do you kind of find that a lot of mums, when they come to you, have struggled to receive any help? Yeah, like most most people I speak to, to be honest, and I was exactly the same. The, the problem with like the weight gain one especially is that a baby can gain weight absolutely fine or excessively gain weight because they, they are overfeeding to kind of soothe that pain in their, in their throat. Mm-hmm. But weight gain is not an indicator that there's nothing going on. Like a baby can still gain weight, have reflux, silent reflux and be very unsettled. So I think then in terms of if they need referrals to anything, I think the GPs and the NHS are just like, well... They're gaining weight, so they're not a priority. It's not kind of life and death situation. Mm. Therefore, they're not a priority. But yeah, I get <laughs> the majority of people that speak to me have, have, have fobbed off, especially with things like tongue ties, like, oh, we won't see you on the NHS because they're gaining weight. Mm. Never mind the fact that they're screaming all day. It's affecting mum's mental health. It's it's also not fair on the baby. Like They're a tiny human at the end of the day. Yeah. They feel pain. They feel things. Um, it can ruin people's bonding experience which I definitely did with mine I just struggled for a long 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 time to feel anything but sort of numb towards her um because she was just so awful but that's why I'm so passionate about doing this to to kind of say to people there is another way like let's look at what's causing this it's it's not just a case of weighing it out yeah and definitely what you were saying about kind of being fobbed off all the time and they're not treated like little humans. Mm-mm. They they they're in pain and it seems as though nobody really cares that they're in pain. I when we were speaking off air just before, you were saying mm. that babies cry for a reason, that they're, they're telling you something is wrong. And yeah. they don't just do it for the sake of it. They don't know how to just do it for the sake of it. They do it no. because they're programmed to do so when something needs doing. Mm. And our babies were doing it because they were in pain and actually nobody's doing anything about that pain so they're just leaving these tiny little humans to just constantly be in pain and that's what I found so so hard is that this little poor innocent baby has been brought into this world and has only ever felt pain Mm. and that was just something I I really really struggled with because I just I'm a bit of a fixer and I kind of, I just wanted him to be out of pain. And I think that's why I did just constantly feed him because that settled the pain for him. That did meant that was detrimental to my mental health and people and like the GPs and pediatricians did say that that was potentially making him worse because it was kind of putting more milk in there. Um, But that was the only thing that would settle the pain. So I, I would happily have done it just to kind of, make him free for the short term um but yeah it's just such a difficult time and yeah just really grateful that you have created this little (laughs) thing for people but do you mind just explaining what it is that you offer to help with reflux yeah so basically as an overall thing I look at the root cause the underlying cause which is different in every baby so I carry out a holistic assessment so I send people a detailed questionnaire to look at it looks at every symptom every behavior I strip it all the way back to pregnancy labor birth feeding digestion respiratory symptoms sleep symptoms I then assess each symptom how they fit together uh, look at feeding of crying videos and fit the symptoms with those and then 
usually do a Zoom consultation with parents. I explain what each symptoms mean, what each symptom means, sorry, and what to do about it in the correct order. And then I send them an action plan to work through and I get good results. So basically I differ from the current NHS and NICE guidelines for infant reflux so I treat it as a symptom I work out the why so like your initial kind of steps with NICE guidance is reassure parents that it's normal uh, which it's not Um, and then they they do say like feeding support which is it's good but often there isn't the feeding support available to parents Mm. um, at which point you move down to like thickened milks thickener alginate therapies like Gaviscon Mm. which can often make things worse and then like then it goes down to ppi medications like a meprazole and then it moves to pediatric referrals by this point you're months and months and months down the line and probably no closer to an answer you're probably going to get to see a pediatrician unless there's something kind of anatomically going on um which should have already been picked up the your next option is usually medication so what I do is try and prevent getting to that point or if people are at that point and on medications what we can do to get babies off the medications Mm. you know PPIs are so many babies are on them and actually people often don't see an improvement with them um which is a a really funny one some people do and that's that's okay but they're not intended for long-term use they're intended for short-term use so six to eight weeks Mm not a kind of leave them on them for the foreseeable um so while babies on them we should be looking at right let's let's put them on it to reduce the the pain of the acid and then while they're on it we work out what's going on for them what the underlying cause is and then get them off the medication there are long-term side effects to being on medications long term that's not to scaremonger it's like it's on the internet to read it's in the leaflets with them and it should be more carefully considered and that's what i basically try and do is work with parents to work out what is going on and how what do we do about it pretty much yeah because Bailey was actually put onto a meprazole before anyone had actually laid eyes on him and when I actually looked into uh, a meprazole first of all he was put on tablets which are not licensed for use in babies and being a nurse myself I knew that the way that you prepare the tablets because you dissolve them in water and you suck up the granules I knew as a nurse that there was no way of knowing that you were giving the right dosage Mm -hmm. um so that made me cross to start off with so I went back and demanded liquid omeprazole which is like 250 pound a bottle so they don't like Mm -hmm. prescribing it but I wanted it I was like no this is my baby I need to make sure he's getting the right dose and I got it but he had been put on that without even been being seen and when I looked into kind of the dangers of being on omeprazole and the long list of side effects I it did scare me and after a couple of weeks of him being on them and not seeing any improvement I took him off them I said to the the GP I'm taking him off um they they agreed with me and said that's absolutely fine if you haven't seen any improvement um Mm. but it just they were so quick to just put him him on it without actually exploring other avenues and figuring out what the root cause of his of his reflux was and actually the entire time I had told them that it wasn't down to an allergy I knew that because I'd been dairy free whilst breastfeeding and seen no improvement and I he had no other symptoms of CMPA which is a cow's Mm. milk protein allergy and you know as a mum you just kind of know yeah I knew that 
the the source of his reflux was always a problem with his latch and he had his tongue tie cut at two weeks and nothing got better after that and everything was kind of uh, I explored all avenues with that so I went back uh, got him assessed for a reattachment of the tongue tie was then told he has had thrush which I wasn't convinced of but he had Mm -hmm. treatment for thrush Um, He saw an infant feeding specialist who said that one side of his tongue wasn't working effectively. I tried a multitude of different types of bottles to see if I could get him to latch because at this point I'd given up on breastfeeding because he just could not latch onto the breast. I tried shields. I tried all the different positions you can think of with very little support because it's COVID times and no one will come out. Um, yep. And there's no, there's none of these free breastfeeding clinics that you can just rock up to. Um, so I tried to kind of do it myself, uh, but got, got nowhere. So I put him onto formula and he did seem a little better on that, but still couldn't latch onto the bottles, no matter how many bottles I tried. And it's only actually in the last month or so that he's stopped clicking on the bottle, making a clicking sound, which is him sucking in air. And even occasionally he still does that. So as we've discussed in our consultation prior to this recording, that we still have got a long way to go with Mm -hmm. um, issues with his latch and, and things like that. And actually where we are at the moment, I kind of thought, well, we're okay at the moment. Um, he's not, he's not too bad, and there's nothing else I can do. But actually, Faye, you've like... given me a long list of things <laughs> that I could do to fix him, and I just don't know why this isn't readily available to everyone out there. And I don't I want this to be like a big old bitching session about the NHS and like no. their lack of, their lack of sort of treatment for reflux. But I just wish that there were people like you available as a service on the NHS to help parents with reflux rather than being fobbed off and told that it is normal yeah it's not normal it's common yeah exactly thing to remember so other than kind of seeking help from someone like yourself which is currently going to be a private and paid for service what else can mums do to help with their baby's reflux so it's hard to give kind of general advice um there's obviously like your usual things like that are more symptom management so tilting the car holding them up right after feeds burping them frequently um but kind of aside from the usual stuff that you can google like i don't want to send everybody down rabbit holes um unnecessarily unnecessarily so a good one is to get the baby reflex ladies survival guide um and then a really easy one for people if they're giving milk by either formula or express milk is to not shake the bottle of milk because you just introduce air and air can cause reflux so just gently stirring your milk is a really good tip and then your usual ones but aside from that just looking at what's happened with baby having a look at the book and if you can getting help from a reflux specialist um unfortunately it's hard for me to give kind of specific tips if that makes sense yeah it's all very personalised, isn't it, for what's yeah. gone on with that that exact baby. Yeah. And there's just so many different avenues that you could explore with why they're getting the reflux. And like you were saying about 
getting lost down a rabbit hole. I definitely got lost down that rabbit hole. I bought yeah. all of the things. I bought reflux seats, reflux cushions, wedges, different <laughs> bottles, different dummies. Oh, cranial. So that's probably what I would say is don't go and do all these things. Yeah. Come and speak to me first. Don't and then spend you'll see your whether life it's... savings on these <laughs> random bits and pieces. Yeah. Luckily, I was able to borrow a few of the things from um, friends of mine who have had reflux babies. But if someone was to go out there and actually buy all of these things, it would actually cost your entire life savings just to try and. But it's hard. Like when you're in that kind of moment. You're and... so desperate. Yeah, you're just desperate. Like we. We spent fortunes because we obviously paid to have his tongue tie cut privately because the NHS mm-hmm. wouldn't do it because he was putting on weight. That cost mm-hmm. a lot of money. We took him to a cranial osteopath. That cost a lot of money. And all of these little bits and pieces that we'd bought to try and help all cost a lot of money. But you're mm-hmm. desperate. You just want to do anything to try and get them to stop being in pain and also to sleep because he yes. would not sleep on his back at all. So I bought this thing called a babo kush which is like oh yeah a, a front lying thing that you strap them onto and yeah. it can attach to your rocker or or whatever and, and he would uh, have his day naps on that and that is the only way he would nap and then at mm. night time he we went against all safe sleeping advice and he slept in a reflux cushion and mm-hmm. I probably didn't sleep for the entire time that he slept in that reflux cushion <laughs> because I had been drilled into me that he was going to die of SIDS if he if I put him in this reflux oh, cushion. Oh, I know, I know. It's just awful. But it, I, had I used like to put Mally on a tummy. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I had him on his tummy for a couple of nights and I just sat there like with matchsticks in my eyes. Just like, Same. are you okay? But we ended up getting a um, Angel Care breathing monitor on him, and we okay. still have it on him now because I'm just, I'm just so paranoid because of all this safe sleeping thing and like reflux mm. babies. Often in his sleep, he will have reflux, and you'll hear it, and then he'll just yeah. cough and choke, and I'm like, oh my god, what's going mm. on? So yeah, just reflux babies are just there to give us a bit of a heart attack, aren't they? <laughs> definitely yeah and then the next thing for me is I'm due to wean him in a month's time and now my anxiety is through the roof about that so how was it weaning your reflux baby um difficult so um I tried weaning a little bit early only a little bit early I think she was about five months um but it was still too early like the guidance says six months for a reason and that's because they get more digestive enzymes available at six months to, to break down certain foods I tried early number one it was too early for her digestive system and number two she was still on a omeprazole and the kind of logical way to think about omeprazole and weaning is that omeprazole is a proton pump inhibitor it inhibits those proton pumps from producing hydrochloric acid we need hydrochloric acid to break down and digest food so Mally was on a omeprazole we started weaning and she was coming out in all sorts of bizarre reactions so she would get like a rash all over her face from some courgette mm. and I was like what is happening mm. like she can't be allergic to courgette it's courgette <laughs> mm. um, so I took off from omeprazole and to be fair the kind of those ex- more extreme reactions improved but I 
still really struggled so she just got worse and worse and worse overnight so sleep actually ended up getting worse for us than it was as a newborn um she would be up for hours in the middle of the night screaming her head off um and I think about nine ten months I'd had enough at the same time that I was doing my training I was like I need to really clamp down and it wasn't until I really strictly followed the baby reflux ladies kind of diet plan that I saw a huge improvement in sleep so she started sleeping through um and everything got a lot better um but what I would say for weaning is not weaning early um as I've said babies have immature digestive systems and also the best way to think is like what is a bit of pureed carrot gonna do for reflux Mm -hmm. like it's just not does that make sense yeah. it's not it's giving some pureed carrot for a couple of months like really yeah. it's just not going to be that beneficial for them yeah. um lots of parents say it makes it worse um but and also just going really slowly uh yeah. was probably what I didn't do very well so giving them a few days between new foods remembering that their little tummies are so immature they're still learning how to digest food they've never done it before yeah. don't rush it and kind of stay away from pressure of if another mum's baby is eating a roast dinner at seven months old and yours is still on a bit of avocado twice a day never mind you know it doesn't matter yeah they all go at their own kind of pace yeah I'm just massively freaking out about it because Bailey sleeps through the night now and he's Um, he's a happy chappy most of the time and I'm scared that introducing something new is gonna set it all off again and it's just this anxiety about getting back into that stage where we were at before so we were actually told by our pediatrician to wean early and I've gone against that advice because I'm I'm too scared and he's yeah. five months now and I'm waiting till six months to do it and with yeah. Bella I did a mix of baby led weaning and traditional pureed foods and mm-hmm. now I'm like I, I really wanted to do just baby led weaning with Bailey but now I'm like I don't know what to do so mm. I really need to like sit down Um, I'm probably going to get the um the reflux ladies um book that you said about the weaning one and have a read of that but it's just such a daunting time to wean a reflux baby so moving on from weaning what would be your one top tip for a mum that is currently in that kind of difficult time of dealing with a reflux baby so probably just change your mindset so not calling them the reflux baby so they're not a reflux baby don't let it define them they're a baby with reflux and there's something you can do about it so once you change your mindset into they're a baby with reflux not a reflux baby it becomes easier to to manage it because you're separating reflux and then reflux is something that they're suffering with does that make sense yeah yeah, that's uh, probably one thing I'm guilty of. I've like always called him a reflux baby. I'm just like, yeah, so don't let it define him. No, he's Bailey. He's got some reflux, but we're going to resolve it. Well, hopefully we, <laughs> we have now resolved it thanks to your advice previously. <laughs> so I'm going to go away and do all of that. And then hopefully it'll be gone for good. Yes. Evil reflux. Um, yeah, so it's just been a really difficult time with reflux. And I'm sure you know from having, uh, oh, I nearly said it again, I nearly said reflux, Come on, baby. baby with reflux. Get it out, baby with reflux. It is, um, it's just such a difficult time. And mm. I really feel for those mums out there who are going through it. So just if you're listening to this podcast at the moment and you're going through that difficult time, definitely definitely try and find some some help where you can 
definitely message Faye on Rock by <laughs> Reflux on Instagram and just try and get to the bottom of it because I know that I had just kind of accepted that this was my life now and that I was just going to have to deal with the reflux until he grew out of it. And I was just constantly waiting for that day to come for the day that he would grow out of it. And the thing is, they tell you that it's going to be at 12 weeks. And then when it doesn't happen at 12 weeks, you're kind of, you're destroyed because you're like, why has this not happened? Why has he not grown out of it? And then you kind of wonder when it's going to happen and you're just constantly waiting for it to go. But you don't need to wait. You can do something about it. So just try and seek help where you can. But moving on from reflux, this is a question that I ask all of my guests that come onto my podcast. (laughs) And that is, what is your most embarrassing hashtag mum life moment? (laughs) So um, it's hard because I haven't been out much because I've been... (laughs) (laughs) I've not been out much to get embarrassed by, but my my, probably my most memorable is actually in the house. So Mally must have been about... A couple of days old no it must have been over a week because we were in hospital initially but yeah it was two o'clock in the morning and she just had a feed and then you know how they like to poo when they've had a feed oh, yeah. <laughs> um so like my partner was on paternity leave so I was like oh just pass me an nappy pass me some wipes I'll just change it here in the bed really quick um mm. <laughs> I'm really good at changing written all over it <laughs> I'm really quick at changing nappies. Like, I'm good at them. I used to be an issue nurse. But it turned out she hadn't finished pooing. So it was 2 o'clock in the morning. We have white bed sheets. And I pulled this nappy down. And as I lifted her legs, it was literally, like, explosive poo up my arms, all over the white bed sheets. And my partner had said, do not change it in the bed. Like, it's going to end badly. And I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) It was not fine. It resulted in... Firstly, him saying, I told you so. Um, Secondly, me having to go and shower the poo off me at 2am. And then also having to change the bed sheets. And I was just mortified that my partner was right about something. I know. (laughs) And I was covered in in poo at (laughs) 2am. I'd have been the same. But that's that's a question, actually. Um, I don't know. Are all newborns like that? Or is it something about babies with reflux with the really explosive poos? Is that a symptom of reflux? It's more digestive-y. Um, sometimes with breastfeeding, if there's latch problems, you can get looser poo, like mucus and poo and yeah. that kind of looser poo. But lots of newborn babies have quite loose yeah. poo. It does tend to calm yeah. down. Because um, I feel like for the first like three months of Bailey's life, no poo stayed in his nappy. And we <laughs> oh tried God. all the different nappies, so it wasn't the nappy. But every single poo was just so explosive that it just shot up his back or at the sides or at the front. Mm. Like sometimes it was in his hair, it was on his arms. And I was just like, this cannot be normal. My daughter never did this. (laughs) To be fair, though, he did feed like 24-7. So I can understand that there was probably a lot in there to come out. But honestly, the amount of vests and baby grows that we went through in those first few months was ridiculous. It can, in breastfed babies especially, it can be related to latch. If there's any kind of latch problems, you yeah. can get explosive poos and things like that yeah. due to that latch. Well, so we know it can we definitely had that. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Well, 
I am so glad that I have finally spoken to you, even if it is a, a little bit late in our reflux journey. But I'm glad that we actually have somewhere to go and some and some tips from you to take going forward. Yeah. So thank you so much for initially my consultation and also <laughs> for coming on my podcast. I know that this episode is massively going to help some of my followers and some mums out there who are going through a tough time with reflux. So I really appreciate it. No, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And um, hopefully we'll get Bailey more more sorted than he is. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you so much for coming on and I'll speak to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye, bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe, download and leave me a review. Find more mum life moments over on Instagram at a little bit of Lottie. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on next week's episode.